Four new coronavirus cases in the NBA, including Kevin Durant. And they talked about teams that benefit from the stoppage in play yesterday. We've got the teams who are hurt by this. And we'll have some fun in the third segment because we need some fun at a time like this. It's the Wednesday Locked On NBA podcast. Let's go. You are locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Wednesday, and normally I'd say this is hump day, but I don't know who's working, who's not, because this is just a weird time in America and in the NBA, but we're still doing Locked On NBA podcast, so we're your regular Wednesday hosts. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for MassLive.com, and I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. And I'm Reds Army underscore John. So, uh, we're going to start with, I guess, breaking news here because it was revealed on Tuesday that four new cases of the coronavirus, that COVID-19, uh, were uh, found in the NBA, all four on the Brooklyn Nets, including Kevin Durant. And I think the most interesting thing here is that they came back from San Francisco. It was reported that upon their return from San Francisco – which is one of the hardest hit cities in America, maybe the hardest hit city in America. Uh, they returned and we have these four positive tests. So, uh, I'm not so much concerned. Like everybody's like, Jake, they're saying, like, Oh wow, Kevin Durant. Like, like why? So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's. Like, Yeah, it's it's just it's a big name. And I think that kind of maybe makes it more realistic to a lot of people. It's not like, you know, uh, some of these other good name. He is Donovan Mitchell's a big name. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. And so it's still it's it's Kevin Durant. So I think that kind of adds like a degree to it that people are like, oh, my God, he could get it. And it's like he's he's like everyone else. Of course, he can get it. And there's no real real difference in this. This shows that the NBA made the 100% correct decision, though, to suspend the season because we now have seven NBA players with positive results, and this thing can spread pretty quickly. So I know a lot of people were upset when the NBA canceled the season. There was booing at the Kings and Pelicans game. Clearly the right decision to be to do this. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And when you think about the uh, – who knows what was happening in San Francisco, but for – for Durant to go get it, like he didn't play against anybody. So when Christian Wood tested positive and Donovan Mitchell tested positive, you say, uh, well, you know, that's Gobert's teammate and, and Christian Wood played against Gobert and people wanted to draw the straight lines between, especially like Wood and Gobert. I don't know what the hell Christian Wood's been doing, but Durant didn't play against anybody. He was just in a city. And it just goes to show how easily it can, it can be picked up. And when you think about all of the steps that San Francisco has taken, including now a shelter in place order, which is ext- as extreme as it gets to, it, it shows exactly how serious that this thing can be because you may not know it. You may not, I might be carrying it. You might be carrying it. The more you're out, the more you're around people. You just you just never know who can pick this thing up and how far they can carry it. If that thing, if it was indeed picked up in San Francisco, if that was a regular person, 
Not oh, yeah, it'd be horrible how, right. how fast this thing could spread. So let me ask you this, because my initial thought when I, when I saw this break was, I, I don't know if we're going to get more NBA this season. Is that your take on it? Do you have a different opinion? I feel like we're going to get more NBA. I feel like there's just... There's too much money. Too much money, lose. yeah. There's just too much money. We're already looking at a scenario where the $115 million salary cap for next season is blown out of the water. And we're already looking at, uh, I saw on uh, The Athletic, it was uh, John Hollinger and Danny LaRue already said we're looking at $8 million being carved off of that salary cap just from what we know is going to be lost. So already, so what's that, 107? So that salary cap's okay. going to 107. And if you cancel the entire playoffs, what's the salary cap going to be? That could drop below $100 million for next year, which means your 35, 30, and 25% of the max guys, those guys suddenly make a lot less money. And Significantly, yep. Yeah. And then what does that mean for all of these teams that have been hoarding cap space all of a sudden the cap space goes away. What happens? Who can, like, that changes the entire dynamic of who can move where and what, what happens the following year? The Giannis and Tentacumpo pursuit completely changes. That, that summer of free agency that we said is going to be, it was going to kind of rival last summer's gone. Who, you can't move teams. Nobody's going to have the money to sign anybody. So this, this has far reaching far-reaching implications. They are going to do everything they can to restart this season and get that TV revenue in to mitigate their losses. Which which they should. And, you know, also just for the sake of competitiveness and everything kind of being fair, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the next segment, it's important. I think it's important to try and declare a champion. It's important to try and kind of keep going on. More importantly, though, is the money with everything. I don't know, though. I saw this, and it's just like, man, there's probably a bunch more cases that we don't know about. And who, you know, when you kind of see just how easy it is, we're certainly not going to get fans and stands uh, at all. So I think we've all been to our last NBA game this year. But you're right. They do definitely need to try and kind of get these games back on and get that TV revenue because, it, it you know, it impacts that impacts so many people and so many different things that you just have to tr- do, go exhaust every possibility to get there. Yeah. I mean, look, there there are seriously so many more things that matter in the world when it comes to this. But being an NBA podcast, being this is this is what we do for Oh yeah, that's what we cover here. This is this is like speaking generally in these terms, this is something that the league has to consider. Whether they do it uh and and from what I've seen and heard from other places, uh Woj was just talking about it, other people have talked about it. Instead of doing it at like the T D Garden in Boston or the Smoothie King Center to do it at a practice facility. So at the, the Celtics R back center where they do have pull out stands. It'd be almost like my, my old state high school tournament where you pull out the stands and people come in and watch, but they could like pull out the stands and have the players sit at courtside like that and have like some really interesting uh, TV. Oh, you, you could have some fun with it, and it's a unique experience. And I see a huge benefit of doing things like that, just for how different it is. You know, I think sometimes that's important, and I think that's kind of fun to be able to give people kind of a different view of things. Can I tell you, long term, 
there's going to be like, this is going to be tough and it's going to have all those negative impacts that I said, there are going to be probably two or three really, really cool things that become part of the NBA, be it a camera angle or, or something that are going to come out of this, that, you know, that the old line in, in necessities, the mother of invention, there's going to be something that comes out of this, the way they broadcast, the way they do something, the approach, somebody's going to come up with a solution that all of a sudden makes people go, Oh wow, that's cool. We have to do that on a regular basis, whatever that is. I don't know what it's going to be, but I guarantee you two or three things are going to come out of whenever they return, however they do it, just because they have to come up with something creative that's going to be part of the NBA moving forward. Yeah, I think, I think that's great. You know, you've got to kind of like make, you know, lemonade out of the lemons you're given here. So I think that's like a, a completely good thing to look for. And yeah, most definitely. Whatever it is, you're going to see a lot of changes, I think, to the NBA going forward that are kind of born out of necessity given the situation. So that's the news of the day. Remember, all of our teams, every NBA team is covered by a lockdown podcast and it's everybody's getting creative so if you want to see how a particular team is being impacted get the local perspective subscribe go ahead and check out all of the lockdown podcasts including lockdown celtics lockdown pelicans after the break teams that are hit maybe the hardest by this hiatus stick around for more lockdown nba So the guys yesterday kind of touched a little bit on this, but they were talking about the teams that might benefit the most from from this. There are unanswered questions in in the league, and we'll talk about a few of these unanswered questions, the teams that are maybe most negatively impacted. And when I when I suggested this, Jake, I actually I think our teams, the Celtics and the Pelicans could be among two of the more negatively impacted uh just because i think from your perspective the the pelicans were on the come up and you had all of this this interest in zion uh that suddenly has gone away zion was taken away from us early and now he's taken away from us uh at the end Yes, I mean, certainly, and it, you know, part of this is also dependent on what, what happens with the league and, and where things are going, and if we do get restarted, are they still playing as many games, do they jump right to the playoffs, and so on and so forth, because New Orleans is only three and a half games back of Memphis with 18 left to go, so there's still time to kind of catch up, even if it's slim, and you at least want to have that opportunity, so anything that kind of delays that or, or cuts that a little bit shorter certainly really hurts any of those teams that are trying to kind of fight for the playoffs. And also, the team was relatively healthy other than J.J. Redick, where some of the teams around him, the Trailblazers and the Grizzlies, were not. And those two teams really stand to benefit from this break. But also, yeah, I just want to see more Zion. It's been really fun to watch him play in person and on TV for the past couple of months. Uh, and we only really had it for about two or so. So it's kind of disappointing to see. And it felt like there was something being built here in New Orleans. Yeah, so I mean, I know from a fan's perspective, like I, I'm a little upset that we uh, we're missing out on Zion, and it's funny. So I got a, a ton of crap on Twitter because I said last when when he was at Duke, uh, so about a year ago, 
said that he's going to have his typical rookie struggles and people are going to kind of like start to jump off the bandwagon. Um, and I've been getting a lot of crap because he, he clearly doesn't seem to be having struggles. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I think he is struggling, but he's just so damn good. He's got so much talent that this is how he plays when he's struggling. Like, he's, I, I wouldn't say – like so he's good and he's been amazing. But there are very, very obvious weaknesses to his game and opportunities to improve. And that's what makes him so scary is he is playing at this level or was playing at this level – and like it can only get better and in certain areas like significantly better. Yeah. So I, I I feel like I feel like we were robbed a little bit. And hopefully he comes back and we can we can figure this out. I I, I want to add Mal my Celtics to this mix, not because of them necessarily, because they actually might stand to benefit a little bit from because they haven't been healthy all year. So it might be good to get Kemba and all of them uh set for whatever their their run is however however if they come back if the nba comes back and they do not play any more regular season games if they come back and they start with just the playoffs the celtics are currently slated to face the 76ers which is the worst matchup that they could have after the entire season that they've got because the sixers not only match up well against the Celtics, they're going to get healthy. Embiid is going to get healthy. Ben Simmons is going to get healthy. Like they now have two, three months to get to full strength, put almost like restart. And the Sixers could be one of the teams that benefits the most. And that hurts the Celtics because all of a sudden Philly can come out of the gates strong. And Boston, after everything that they've been through, after Jason Tatum's ascension, after all of this stuff, to go up against 76ers in the first round, they could they could end up with a first round exit out of all of this. Yeah, I think that's a, a somewhat realistic possibility there. And you know, for the 76ers, this gives them time to kind of get healthy and figure some of this stuff out too. So that kind of doubly hurts, I think, the the Celtics when it comes to this. Yeah. So um, it's something just looking from my own perspective uh, that that's. That's a little unfortunate for Boston. Do do the New York Knicks get screwed on this because they don't have time to lose more games potentially, and they're now six in the lottery standings instead of like the top two where they should be? Um, maybe, but I think the, flatten, <laughs> the flattened odds kind of helps them a little bit. It was just more to take a shot at them. Yeah, than no, anything no, else. I, I we, we still gotta have some fun here. I appreciate you sliding that that Knicks uh, slander in there. <laughs> um, uh, another team that I'm just this is more of an unanswered question. If if they don't come back, or depending on how they come back, will the, the Houston Rockets... Like, I feel like we never got the answer. We never got to see exactly how that whole thing worked for them, small ball-wise, because I saw the best of them when they played the Celtics. And that switching and the way they played was just really... It was just fantastic. But then also, after that, they went on a four-game losing streak before their final game, which was a win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. But they had losses to the Knicks, Clippers, Hornets, and Magic. One good team out of out of those four. So you start to wonder, like, there. I think there were questions about the, the Rockets and their ability to kind of 
sustain this and and carry this forward in the playoffs. I, I feel like we were robbed of uh, an opportunity to see if that worked out for them. So uh, I think that's fair. That's another Western Conference team I kind of had in mind might be the Oklahoma City Thunder, who's kind of been surging as of late. They're eight and two. Uh, in their last 10 games, they were 7-2 and basically since the All-Star game, and they've been the most clutch team in the league, and they've kind of been putting a little bit of pressure, I think, on the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets, who sit ahead of them in the standings, being just a game behind the Jazz for getting home court in the first round, and two and a half behind Denver for the three seed, and with how well they've played, and you kind of stop that momentum, I think it screws them over a little bit, too, because they've been playing some really good basketball recently. Yep, that's true. Um, let me just uh, interrupt here as a Adrian Wojnarowski tweet comes in with uh, the ex-U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy delivered NBA Board of Governors call, a message consistent with other credible health organizations on the grim potential impact of coronavirus pandemic in the U.S., but left owners with hope of restarting the season slash playoffs before July. So that's great. You know what? I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> there's there's hope. We have hope in our hearts that something could uh could come back, some form of basketball could come back. So then these things that were impacted, these teams that we're talking about will have uh maybe maybe the uh we get some answers to this. It'd be interesting if we can get some regular season games. Uh, why don't we come back and just have some fun with the rest of this podcast? Because we need some fun after all of this. It's a little too serious, a little too dark out there. And so we're going to take a dark topic, the disappearance of sports, and we're going to ask ourselves, if we had to do a different podcast, what would we do? We'll do that after I remind all of you to check out Postmates. If you are uh, looking for, like, you can still frequent your local uh, restaurants. If you're, you know, you can't go out and go to the restaurants, you should stay home. But you can still get a delivery as long as you wash your hands after you get that delivery. But you can still get that delivery through Postmates. Download Postmates on iOS or Android. You can get $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. $100 of free delivery credit. For your first seven days, use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. So download the app, promo code LOCKEDONNBA on Postmates. So we just heard that there's hope for the season to return. And we, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, across all of the network, we've got football, baseball. Uh, there's a lot to talk about on the football side. Tom Brady just left New England and went to Tampa. Yeah, how are you doing, by the way? I'm fine. I'm fine. We had 20 years of Tom Brady, six Super Bowls. Like, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm, I'm kind of glad that it's over. Uh now I get to, you know, I don't have to pay attention to football. I don't have to pay attention to the NFL. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I completely, that should have been the first thing we talked about, to be honest. I, I've been texting all of my Boston friends, like actually checking on them. And then I want to text like their significant others to be like, how are you having to deal with this dude right now? He's 43. Like it's, it's over. <laughs> Even if he wins a, a Super Bowl with Tampa, like good, go for, go for whatever. I don't care. 
Like it's it's was a good run. I'm not going to get greedy. I don't like he's a free agent. Go for it. You know, it's it's not like it used to be. You know, if all of these superstar legends, if Joe Montana could go play for a team other than the 49ers, if Michael Jordan could play for the Wizards, if freaking like Akeem Olajuwon could play for the Raptors. Yeah, and, and like everyone was disappointed yeah. in all of those. Like, but you know what? Think about it just for a second here. Do we, when we think back to Olajuwon, do we think of him as anything besides a Houston Rocket? No, like eventually yeah. it just kind of like fades away and you away. forget about it. Like we don't think about the Wizards in Jordan either. No. Every time you think about Michael Jordan, I mean, generally speaking, maybe some people think about the Wizards, but like it's always as a, as a, a bull. Like it, that happens. No one's going to be with a team forever anymore. As much as you'd hope, at some point these guys all go away. And so that's fine. I'm not uh, – so anyway. I have, I have one question for you. If – I would have mentioned Michael Jordan, obviously, first things Bulls. Which comes up before the other, the Wizards or the Crying Jordan meme? Oh, the Crying Jordan meme comes up first. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Crying Jordan meme has surpassed Jordan as a wizard, you know, for sure. So. No, I was just curious because I'm kind of with you. Like, if you were to, like, rank, like, the things about Jordan in order, like, Crying Jordan is, is like, easily top five, top oh, three. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. I'm not crazy on this. That's all. I'm just checking. We're NBA guys. Maybe we think about other things that aren't like, you know, Twitter related stuff. Yeah. I don't know. So you can go check out the locked on NFL side for that, but we're all trying to get creative. And, uh, one thing we're just trying to figure out, how can we have some fun with this third segment? So I came up with the question of, well, let's, let's say sports just stayed away for a while and we had to pivot to a different podcast. If you had to do, because we're, we'd have to podcast, of course. So. I like talking, and so people are gonna right. have to hear me talk about something. I have a microphone, I have recording software, I'm gonna talk. What, what would your, Jake Madison, what would your non-sports podcast be? So, it took me a couple of minutes, which I guess is not a long period of time, now that I say that out loud, to, like, think about what what to do here. Um, and so, I'm a big comic book guy, DC Comics in particular, and so I remember this, this goes back a couple of years on Twitter, someone was like, oh, like, Batman couldn't beat this dude, and then someone, like, tagged me in on this on Twitter and was like, no, Nola Jake will definitely, like, set you straight on this, he's good about this. The response was like, what, what is he good about when it comes to this? But apparently it's explaining why, like, Batman would beat everybody. So I think the podcast would be, like, Batman fights, and then we take, like, nominations from the audience from Twitter on, like, what he would fight, and I'm going to give you the argument for, like, why he would win. So maybe one day it's, like, this is why Batman would beat, like, a shark or something or some other, like, crazy scenario. Interesting. Um Okay, I I figured it would be comics. Why D, why DC? Why did you become DC? So, so that's what I like always grew up reading. I didn't enjoy my Marvel comics too, but that's like what I grew up reading. Big Green Lantern guy is the background on my phone still to this day, and I'm 34 now, so uh, it tells you a lot about me. Just kind of what you grew up reading, and I like the characters and all of those things. Actually, it's just kind of how it went. Okay, cool, cool. So my I I. I I asked this question and I, I didn't have a single answer. I have a couple of answers. Um, one would be, I think I could pivot into politics pretty easily. Um, because I, 
people who might not know, like my, my first career was in news. Like I spent 20 years in television news. So I was really in depth in, in politics at, at all levels because that, that dominates so many, so much of the news, uh, especially in Massachusetts and New York where I was living for a little while. So, and, and when I was at, in, on TV in New York, I worked a bit with our, our political reporter. So we had some really, really good conversations. Now, over the past couple of years, I've taken a willing kind of step back from that side. And so it would take me a little bit to catch up, but, uh, I think I could easily go into a, a, a politics podcast. Uh, I, I love, I love the intricacies of it. And I think there's so much that's important about government and from a local level, like, one of my one of my big things is we we focus too much on the president presidential elections we don't mm-hmm. focus enough on local elections and local elections shape everything really important particularly with how you're seeing like cities handle things whether they're doing a good job or not a good job and like what rules are getting put in place yep and one of my one of my like i guess i don't know if i want to call it peeve or something but i, I think a major major issue is gerrymandering on both sides this is not to be partisan um, we saw how it worked on the Republican side in the last election, but Democrats are very prone to ger- gerrymandering as well. The, the redrawing of districts to benefit a, p- a certain pol- political party happens at the local level, the state level. And, yeah. and that, that's what gets. Con- you sound a little fired up here. No, I, it's a I big can hear thing it for me. It's a big, big thing for me. So you can tell I, like I could, I would easily transition into, uh, a politics podcast. The other podcast that I could do, uh, which would be a lot more fun, uh, is a cooking podcast. I think. Are you good cook? Oh, I, I know some of this, but you can yeah. tell it all out here. So, well, for, again, people don't know, uh, I grew up in the restaurant business. My dad is an immigrant Greek. So of course he had a restaurant. Like that's when you come to America as a Greek, they give you like the keys to a restaurant. You have to work in one for a while. So <laughs> we, uh, we grew up in like a family style pizza kind of joint. So like I'm, I'm not trained. I'm not like making like French cuisine, but I'm, I love like cooking shows. I love watching cooking shows, competition shows, um, all of those things. Um, and I do like to cook and I, I not just follow recipes, but kind of come up with my own creations. And so if I, if there were no sports, I think I could dive into the cooking world pretty, pretty easily. And I've thought about opening a restaurant someday. It's just, I know that it takes all of your time, like every ounce of your effort. So, uh, that's the only thing kind of hold me back. It's like, that's, that's a lot of work. No, I, th- I think that's great, but you could even do a podcast about the experience of going through that, which is probably pretty illuminating and maybe like a good roadmap for others going forward if they wanted to kind of get into that. I was trying to think of like what else we- might have like a more serious tone of things I'd like to talk about, and it's tangentially related to sports because I've been doing the uh, the Pelicans official Twitch show, which is on hiatus, obviously, for, given everything. But I've really enjoyed that medium and the live interacting with the viewers and how they kind of, like, shape it. And I'm not a big improv guy, but you kind of do a little bit of that on the show. So trying to find a way to kind of bring that medium to others and other industries other than, like, video games, which is what it's used for, I think would be interesting talking to people about how to kind of adapt it for other things. Yeah, um, 
I, I think there's like, that's a lot of fun being live, um, thinking on your feet. Uh, that's, I mean, we, we do this podcast and we could always stop down if we need to, but we never do. Like I, I like, yeah, we, we, we like do it in, in like one day. Yeah. Like it's, it's very rare that we, we stop or do any, like probably done it maybe on a, a couple of times. So I, I, I enjoy it. I used to do a live show. Uh, I've done TV. I've been on live TV. Uh, I think, I think that's, it, it really, it, it takes you to a different level. Uh, when you're, I don't want to say performing, but like when you're, when you're out there, you, you have to be on your toes. It, yes. You have to be prepared. You have to know what you're talking about. There's no like, oh, I'm going to stop. Let me look this up. Uh, you, you have to be ready. And like, if there's one thing I do miss about the TV business is that it took all day to prepare for the six o'clock news. When I was doing the six o'clock news, I would be at work at nine fifteen in the morning for a morning meeting, and we had an afternoon meeting, and there was a meeting with the anchors and the reporters, and and the constant kind of flow of it. While sometimes it got annoying, the 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 level of preparation that you needed was just it, there's it it's a lot, and and you feel like you know a lot. Um, and I do actually, I miss like the breaking news situations a little bit. I know. So luckily I've never had to deal with that. I think the closest I've come is when we do like the show before games, it would be like, oh, this guy is playing. Or like we had one where we were waiting to find out about Brandon Ingram and it's like, oh, he's not playing. Yeah. So I've luckily never been kind of like thrown into the fire on some of this stuff. I, I could do a podcast on being a television producer. I think like, that would be TV a good one. TV news producer. Like there, if there's one thing that I really did enjoy, even though it was a little crazy at the time, was a breaking news situation when, when you're a news producer, like all of a sudden you, you stand up and you are in control and the director, everybody is listening for you and you have to be on the ball and you have to make sure like you have to have things. What do we have? What's new coming in? Tell me what we've got. What is this new video? Is this new audio? Okay. Get that over here. You, one anchor is talking, you're in the other one's ear, you're telling the director, this is next, get ready for this, and blah, 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 and you're just cut. It's like audibles, like a quarterback throughout the entire time, and that entire scenario was just so much fun afterwards. You're like, when it, when it went well, when you come out of there and you're like, damn, we crushed that, that, that was a great feeling, and there's just nothing quite like that, but. So that that reminds me of one that a friend of mine used to do. I think it's on hiatus right now. That he he's like a career bartender at a number of the biggest bars, like in the city of New Orleans. And he had a podcast where he would get together with like other bartenders, and basically they'd tell their like craziest behind the scenes stories oh, of like God. what went on at some of these places, particularly in New Orleans. So like something like that would be fun to do too. I don't know. It kind of reminded me of what you were saying when it's like the behind the scenes stories of like how things get done or when crazy things happen. That'd be a good one too. Something like that. Even if I just had to be like the host. Oh yeah. I am. I think there's some, some things like that out there. So, um, we got to get something like that on the lockdown podcast network. We, we got to have some fun with it during this time. There's no point in being miserable. Let's talk about whatever interests us. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So that was a fun little segment. Hopefully people got a little bit, got to know us a little bit, uh, a little bit more and, uh, have some fun with it. So go ahead yeah. and subscribe. If you're not a Locked On NBA subscriber, if you're one of our 
Locked On Celtics or Pelicans listeners, go ahead and give us a, a, a follow here on this as well. And like I said, Locked On NFL, there's a lot going on. It's like the one actual sport that's going on is NFL free agency. So follow all those teams. I guess Locked On Buccaneers if you want to see how Tom Brady's doing. Um <laughs> I'm just going to laugh. I'm going to text you tomorrow and be like, you sure you're doing okay? I'm fine. I'm good. I'm moving on. Hey, look, that's one less distraction. People can now focus on the Boston Celtics in Boston. You know what I mean? Come. Come to Boston. Come to the Celtics. More more for me. So subscribe to Lockdown Celtics. Uh, so uh, as usual, on Wednesdays, I'm John Corrales. As you can tell, I'm the host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Red's Army underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, and I'll tell you who Batman would beat in a fight, and you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Nola Jake. All right, that's the show. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest podcast of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.